Hallelujah. It's a good day in the Lord to have church. Amen. I, listen, I, I, we're going to go to Genesis. I want to I say I want to start in chapter 28. In verse 10. Now we're looking at a, a time in, 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 in Jacob's life. Where he was running from his brother Esau. Okay. See, Jacob had stole something from Esau. But really, he didn't have to steal it. God would have gave it to him. But he, he sold, Esau had sold him his birthright for a bowl of soup. Some people say it was porridge. Well, I, don't, I don't know what it was. But he came out of the woods one day from hunting. And Esau told Jacob, I need to, I need to eat. I'll die. And he says, well, give me your birthright, and I'll give you this food. And he, said, he, didn't, he had no regards. He, it's just like us sometimes. We never think of anything about what our birthright is worth. Come on, somebody. I was born again. <laughs> the power of God saved my life and changed me. There's nothing more valuable than my born-again experience with God. And for me to sell that is to promise me one place, and it's called hell. He had no regards for his birthright. And what the birthright was in back in those days, it was that when Jacob, when the firstborn came, he got, you know, he received the, uh, everything that the father had. But what he wanted was the blessing, Esau, because the blessing gave everything to him. But that spiritual stuff, that born-again stuff, he had no regards for it. He hated it. God, he despised this birthright. And God has called us today as a church. Listen, we might not be a whole lot this morning, but we can learn something. That the most important thing in your life is when you got saved. And gave your heart to Jesus Christ. And you became a child of God. There's nothing more important than that. There's no value you can put upon that. There's no money that could pay for that. Because of the value of what took place in your life. I was changed, y'all. I was born again. My life is not the same anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ. That born-again experience for me had changed my life. I hate to think where I'd be if I, it wouldn't happen. I hate to see where I'd be if Christ wouldn't have came into my life and changed me. So Esau sold that birthright. He had no regards for it. He had no need for it because in his flesh, he wanted the money. He wanted the, the, the riches. He wanted the, oh, that sounds like a lot of preachers today. They want the money. Not, nothing about living right. Nothing about living holy. Nothing about born again. It's how much we can, we can give God so we can get back more. But that's what, that's what Esau wanted. But Jacob knew. The birthright was more important. So Jacob's, uh, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of porridge, bowl of soup. And as the time goes on, God, Isaac was fixing to bless 
Esau and give him everything he had. And Jacob's mama, Rebecca, deceived Isaac and caused Jacob to disguise himself. Come on, somebody. Boy, they got a lot of, lot of fake Christians. <laughs> They're dressing up Sunday morning in church. They're singing the songs everybody else is singing. They're doing everything, but they ain't real. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, somebody. They got fake clothing on. They got, listen, that's, that's going on right now in the body of Christ. Tell us how good we are. <laughs> Tell us how we're God's children and, and, and we're children of the kingdom. And Esau was getting ready to get a blessing. You see, Jacob didn't have to steal it. God would have gave it to him. My Lord, come on, Holy Ghost. You don't have to steal what's rightly yours. Hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. See, Jacob, Esau was lost, backslidden from God. He had no right to anything God had. You hear what I'm telling you? Jacob was the chosen. Rebecca didn't have to use disguisement to deceive Isaac. Come on, Holy Ghost. He didn't have to pretend. It was his to start off with. Rebecca thought she could help God out. She caused Jacob to disguise himself as Esau because Isaac was blind at that time. He couldn't see. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and I, 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 it rings in my ears right now the words that Isaac used when he heard Jacob's voice, but he smelled like Esau. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Let's see, we can play with God all we want, but are we real? Come on. Is God, listen, we, listen, Jacob's voice came out, Isaac said, but it's Esau. I smell, I can smell, I can smell his clothing. I can smell, you know, his, who he is. And, but yet it sounds like Jacob. But he, Isaac was so doggone blind to the truth. He could have said, wait a minute, I'm being deceived. Oh. <laughs> How many Christians today are, Listening to preachers and, and then you're soaking it all in. And too doggone dumb to, to see that they deceived. Too blind to see the truth. They'll say, okay, bro, that's enough. <laughs> we need to know the truth. And Jesus said the truth will set you free. Blind to the word of God. Listen, I am a Pentecostal by heart. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the speaking in tongues, the word of wisdom, word, all the things that the Pentecostal message gives. But I can't preach a Pentecostal message till we understand who Christ is. That, that, that acceptance of who he is. And the power, I know some of you do. I'm not saying all of y'all. But the power of the Pentecostal message is that there has to be holiness first. There has to be a surrendered heart first. An obedience to God's word first. Isaac is sitting there listening to, he can hear Jacob's voice, but it's Esau he smelling. <laughs> right? And no other questions. He says, well, he blessed him. And the minute he, 
The minute Jacob got out of the tent, there comes Esau with his savored meat. He went hunting. Isaac wanted some savored meat. And, and Rebecca said, go, told Jacob, go kill a goat and, and I'll cook it. And we'll make your father think that it's, that you're Esau. Then the minute Jacob got out, there comes Esau. And, and, and Esau said, here, well, here it is, father. He said, well, no. Wait a minute, who are you? So I'm your son Esau, your firstborn. Bless me. He said, your brother, Jacob, has come and stolen your blessing. And Esau went in rage. He was angry. He said, the minute my father dies, I'm going to kill that booger. Mm-hmm. So they sent Isaac and Rebekah. I'm making this story short, but Isaac and Rebekah knew what was, what was wrong with Esau. They sent Jacob to Laban, Rebekah's brother. And on that way, he's running for his life. He's running from Esau. Because Esau was going to kill him. Oh, my God. But one day he stopped in a land called Luz, and that's where we get... The story that I'm fixing to talk about this morning. He's traveling and all of a sudden he's, he's getting to the point where he's, he needs to sleep. And he gets him a rock or a stone and he lays it down for a pillow. And he lays it down and he's, he's sleeping. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, now listen, we, God spoke to him, but the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And he looked up, Bowen, and he saw a ladder <laughs> coming out of heaven. Come on, Jesus. I don't know what you're getting, what I'm getting. And he looked. Guess who's, who's at the foot of that ladder on the top? God himself. And we know it, it was the Lord. And angels descended up and down that ladder. My Lord, what an experience, huh? Oh, <laughs> I don't went nuts. <laughs> Then, then the Lord is descending up and down that ladder. And I don't know what the angels are doing. Are they ministering to him or they're giving him a, a word? And I want to kind of start in chapter 28, verse, verse 10. And now Jacob went out from Beersheba. He's running from Esau toward Horan. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Because the sun had set, and he took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head, and he lay down in its place to sleep. Then he dreamed. Behold, a ladder was set up upon the earth, and, it, and its top reached to the heavens. And there were angels of God were ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am my God. I am the God of Abraham and Isaac. <laughs> oh, man. You know, other than that, you know what story comes to my mind? In Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah had a vision of heaven, and he saw God sitting on his throne. Holy Ghost. <laughs> and in the Spirit of God, his train filled the house and filled the glory of God Feel the place. 
And Isaiah said, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh, Lord, come on. How am I going to stand before the presence of this God we serve? Oh, I feel like preaching, boy. <laughs> we need to know he's a holy God and a righteous God. And Jacob, he, see, he sees the Lord <laughs> standing. <laughs> Whoo, Jesus. Man, if I have an experience, my hair's already white, it'll turn white like snow before that happened. The power of God, I mean, having an experience like that, they see, he can see the Lord. What did Jacob do? And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham and your father and the God of Isaac. And the land which you lie, I will give to you. How many thank God for his promise? How many, listen, praise God. Listen, this is, the earth is, I'm joined heirs with Jesus. Everything Jesus have, has, I have. It's not, it's not because I said it, God said it. God has promised us the land. He promised us Coda Homes. Listen, I'm not talking about spiritually, okay? There are souls in this place that are going straight to hell. And we need to stand up as the body of Christ. This belongs, this, this potage belongs to us. There are souls, God, there's a field out there. Jesus said the, the labor's a few. Amen? Come on, the harvest is ready. But the labor's a few. Claim our, our field, man. Claim our, 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 our cotton or whatever's growing. The fields are white. Jacob is sitting and he finally wakes up. <laughs> I remember one time, I'll tell you a story. And this really happened to me. I was going through some things, man. Not seriously. And one day, God gave me a, vi a dream. I saw myself in a prison. I wasn't there as a prisoner. I was there to minister. And I saw myself singing a song I've never heard in my life. Explain that to me. I could never remember one word of it today. But in the, in the dream, man, the Spirit of God... <laughs> was just falling. I didn't want to wake up, boy. The presence of the Lord had filled my heart. The Holy Ghost was moving. And I was enjoying myself, man. I was worshiping. I was praising God. And that's what I felt like. I, it felt so good. Why wake up? Why? I want to be there. I want to be where His Spirit is. I want to be singing the right song. I want to be preaching the right message. Okay? I want to be living the right life. I want to be walking in the Holy Ghost. In His presence, in His will. I want to be sleeping where I'm supposed to be sleeping. Come on, Holy Ghost. I want to be in where God is. Jacob put that pillow down and he took a nap and he, God gave him a vision. And all of a sudden he wakes up. What did he say? Well, that's good enough. I heard from the Lord. I'm going. That's enough. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> Behold, the Lord stood above it. And I'm going to go back to verse 13. I am the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Isaac, uh, Abraham, Isaac, on which you lie, where you lie, the land I'll give you. And also your descendants will be at the dust of the earth. You shall spread aboard to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And in you, in your seed... 
All the families of the earth will be blessed. Behold, I am with you. <laughs> Matthew, you better thank God he's with you. Come on, somebody. You better thank God he's living with you. You better thank God he's in you. I am with you. You think when you're going through something, God, is, God has took a, a vacation somewhere? No, he's with you. <laughs> you think he's sleeping? <laughs> you think he doesn't know what you're going through? Some of the greatest faith I establish in my life is when I face the hardest troubles. Come on, Holy Ghost. When I faced the dire despair, when I, I felt God was a million miles away, and I couldn't even know if he, I was saved anymore. He was never left me. I am with you. Somebody, listen, I'm going to preach to you, brave God. You better wake up. I am with you. I am with you. I said, I am with you. God is with you. He didn't leave us here to dry up like prunes. <laughs> and say, I hope him they'll make it. I'll just kind of tag along to see if they need my help. <laughs> He's with you. Come on. He's with you. He's with you. <laughs> I am with you. <laughs> what he said, I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you. Back to this land. I'm going to stop a minute. When we were first serving the Lord in this church, most of you that, that, that were here, I remember the word of God. You hear what I'm saying? And that word sustained me. It was right. And God said, go back. Remember where you started. My Lord, I feel the presence of God. Go back. If it was good enough back then, it's still the same today. It's as powerful and effective as it's always been. Go back. Go back. If you feel like you don't know where God is, go back. You can find him. Go back to where you first made your commitment to God. Go back to where you first worshiped God, where you said, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Where the foundations of faith was laid down. I'd have never learned about the rapture if I wouldn't have come to church. Come on, Holy Ghost. I'd never learned about faith, about walking with God if I wouldn't have come to church. Go back. Go back. Find out. It's not too late. It will be one day if you wait till the, the, the rapture happens. It'll be too late, but you don't have it. No, it's not. You can do something about that. God erase every sin from your life. Thank God. He won't. Listen, I was talking to a lady yesterday. And she says she's a Christian. Okay. Give her the benefit of the doubt. She had an ex-husband that tried to kill her twice. Caused her to lose two babies that were getting ready to be delivered. And she said this. And I said, listen, I, I think... I threw a loop. She said, God's going to judge him. He gave his heart to Jesus. She told me that. He repented. But she said, God's going to judge him. I said, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> I said, it don't matter what he's done. He's not, God's not going to remember his sin. That's the mercy of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. And look, she's stunned in her face. She's like she wanted God to judge him. He'll, he'll face judgment day. Oh, no, he's not. Not if he truly repented. 
All them times he tried to kill you, he, it's forgiven. Those two babies he murdered, it's forgiven. If he truly repented for his sin. Why, why in the world can't we see God beyond our own? <laughs> that is the grace of God. Hitler would have repented, God would have forgave him. That's how powerful the mercy is. I'm not justifying these people's sins. I'm not justifying what they do. But if they surrender, <laughs> if they ask God's forgiveness, go back. If you, if you had a better life 10 years ago, go back. If you knew God better, go back. Find out what you were doing right. Find out what was making a difference in your life when you were growing. Go back. Go back. Hallelujah. Oh, this is good. Amen. Somebody say amen. Out or something. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go back. Any, any, and what was that? Verse, uh, Verse uh, 15. 15. Behold, I am with you and I'll keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. See, God is not going to leave you till he's fulfilled every promise in your life. Come on, Jesus. He's not going to leave you till everything he told you is going to come to pass. Listen, God is a, a God of his mercy, but he's a fearful fire, a consuming fire. Listen, you don't want to stay away from him. Because it's going to be nothing to what you're going to experience if you do. Satan is going to bombard you with everything he could possibly bombard you with. He's going, to, he's going to weigh you down with every weight and every sin. He's going to try to do everything he can to discourage you. And without Jesus, you ain't got a chance. Whew. Come on. Without Jesus, you ain't going to make it. I'd rather be where I'm at and going forward. I ain't, I ain't where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. I'm growing. You're growing. We're learning. We're learning about Jesus. Come on, somebody. We're learning about how to live for God. We're learning how to walk with the Lord. My God, I feel it, man. We're learning how to live for Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you're not living for Jesus, if you're just going through a religious motion, then, then you're not going to make it. Hallelujah. We're learning to live for the Lord. No matter what happened in the past, listen to me. No matter what happened, you have to walk with Jesus. After a while, that stuff ain't going to bother you anymore. After a while, you're going to find it. What, what, what was I worried about? What, what was I holding on to? All you can do when you hold on to bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, is death. That's what it, that's what it spells. Go back to where you first met God. Go back when it strain you to worship Go back when you, when you were so receptive toward the word and you were growing and learning the ways of the Lord. Go back. Then Jacob rose up early in the morning. He took a stone that he had put his head on, set up as a pillar. As a, as a, as a, what that was, Book talked about it this morning, about stone. But that was like a marker. Of, it was a spiritual testimony, Right? He put it there because he wanted to remember what happened in that spot. <laughs> Woo, that'll preach. Oh, listen, that don't excite you. He wanted to remember what God did to him and did in his life on that one spot. 
So he put it there. So when he walked by, guess what? He remembered. God's, oh my Lord, he remembered God's power. He remembered what God spoke to him. He had church there. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He had church. He remembered what God did. That God met him at that little stone. In that one spot. Hallelujah. In verse 19, and he called the name of the place Bethel. And you know what that means? The house of God. <laughs> Listen, things that made difference in my life spiritually is the time I spent here. Listen to me. I said the things that made more difference in my life is the time that I spent here. That's why I love this place. Because the things that mattered in my life, that changed my life, I learned here. I learned in this very building how to believe God. I learned in this very building how to pray in the Spirit. I learned in that very building how to defeat the devil. Come on, the things that mattered, the things that God spoke into my life, it was here in this very ministry. And it was the house of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. This is the house of God. This is not Lenny's house. This is God's house. Come on, this is not, this is not uh, brothers that passed on's house. This is God's house. It doesn't belong to me, boy. This is God's house. It's where I heard, man, I feel the presence of God. I don't, it's where I heard from God. And it changed my life. That's why I'm so vehemently want to fight for this place. Jacob laid that stone down. He said, this is where I met God. And he called it Bethel, meaning the house of God. Bethel. I got a word from the Lord last night. I'm going to share it with you because I'm coming to I told you, I didn't even want to tell her what it was when I read this story. Let me read it again uh, in verse 18. Then Jacob rose up early in the morning, took the stone that he had put on his head, and set it up for a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called it the place, the name of the place, Bethel. The name of the city was Luz. That was the place he was. But previously, that was the name of the city. But Jacob changed it. <laughs> then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me. <laughs> My Lord, how personal is that? Come on, somebody. How many of you got in your knees? Oh, God, if you'll be with me. If you watch over me and take care of me and heal me. And walk with me. I'll follow you all the days of my life. My Lord, I feel like preaching, man. <laughs> Listen to me. How many have ever prayed like that? If you'll be with me, God. If you do what I ask, I need, I need some touches from you. I need some changes in my life. I need healing, God. If, if you'll do that, there's nothing wrong praying like that. You're not bargaining with God. It's already in the package plan, boy. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, all, it's already promised to anybody that's serving the Lord. If you will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> and all that you give me, I will surely give, oh, well, that's some Christians, like a tent, a tithe of all that you possess, of all that I earn. Jacob said, I'm going to give it to you. Listen, when you pay tithes, you're not giving to me. You're giving to God. As a pastor, sometimes me and Janice need a little help here and there. Yeah. But the ministry set up to where God is tired is, is in his work. Jacob wanted to give God 10% of all that he had. I'm going to shock you. Well, when I get a million dollars, I'll pay 10%. If you can't give $10 off 100, you're not going to give 100,000 off a million. If you can't do what is little, you're not going to do what's much. Tithing is a, a principle that works. Because I do, I've been doing it all my, just about all my Christian life. I've had God deliver me out of things. I'm, e I'm even now paying tithes here <laughs> as a pastor. Because <laughs> I believe in setting order in my faith with God. We don't mind paying that house note. We don't mind paying that, that, that whatever big old thing that we, but we, we can't give God a little, a little tent of what we own. And, I, and listen, I don't preach a lot on tithing. That's, I believe everybody in here knows what you have to do with that. But where we sow our heart is where our heart is, right? Jesus made it very clear. Is that where your heart is? Come on. That's where your treasures are. And God is so Jacob is saying here, and you know what? There's one thing I'm going to look at before. I, chapter th uh, go to chapter 35, verse 1. I'm going to show you something. If we realize that what we possess is valuable. See, Jacob knew what his experience was. That's why he said, I'm going to give a tenth of everything I, Isaac was doing that. Abraham started with that, with Melchizedek, if you read the book of Genesis. He realized that what he experienced was very valuable, right? That he was going to sow to the Lord what was right. Verse 1 says this. Jacob returns back to Bethel. He had, listen, the thing about what's happening right here, he had went to his, his, uh, his, his mama's brother, Laban. And Laban, he, went, he, he, he had two daughters, Rachel and Leah. And Jacob, to make the long story, had worked 14 years for the two daughters. 14 years. Then he had to work another seven, I think, for the animals that Laban was giving him. And when he had gathered all kind of riches and all kind of money and all kind of, you know, servants and stuff, then it's time to go back home. <laughs> Come on. He didn't go back broke. <laughs> Come on. He had cattle and sheep and oxen and camels. He, he was rich. He had worked for what he had. And then he's running from he says, I'm going to take what I have, my sons, my daughter, my cattle, my wives, and I'm going to go back to my father's house, right? So he takes off, and a few days later, old Laban, that stingy old thing, a, a, a symbol of the world, found out Jacob left, and he started chasing him. 
Ain't like the devil, huh? You're earning something, the devil still wants to take it. Hallelujah. He, he don't care. He, Laban goes, mets up with Jacob, and, and Jacob and Laban meet up, and then all of a sudden, he says, why are you left with my, my, my children, my cattle, everything? He, that wasn't for Laban. Jacob worked for that. But you see, that's how the devil does, you see? He tries to steal from you what's yours. It's like the like promises of the Lord. Like the pro- Listen, I, I told somebody the other day, I said, man, you know what? I listen to these preachers. If you give $1,000, God will pay off all your debt. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to give it to you. Well, listen, you give it. Listen, you can't, you can't sell something that already belongs to me. <laughs> really? God promised me that he would take care of me. God promised he would deliver me. God promised that he would do all that. Why well, got to give you $1,000 to get what's already mine? <laughs> No, you'll be faithful in giving. That's what I'm talking about. But the idea is to think that they, you, they can sell you what's already for you. What's already yours. And he's running from Laban, and Laban and him meet, and they make a covenant. I just want to, and they put up stones and says, well, we'll separate if any of us cross this stone, whatever. You know, you go your way, I'll go my way. But now he's heading back. But Esau is around the corner. And Esau is the one he stole the blessing from, you remember? And the Bible says that Jacob went out and he found him a place. And I believe I'm paraphrasing. There's so much to more this. So he found a place in the, and he started wrestling with a man. You know, the night they come and he wrestled all night. With, and come to find out he's wrestling with the Lord. And all of a sudden, the man, or the Lord, I believe was Christ, he said, he said, let me go. He said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. See, he stole the last blessing. Come on, somebody. He stole the last blessing. Now he was going to get it the right way, and he's going to have to fight for it, right? <laughs> You're looking at me straight. Listen, if you, think, if, you, if you steal something, you're going to have to face God, and you have to get it the right way. And he's wrestling, and all of a sudden, the angel dislocates his hip. And he had to walk with a limp for the rest of his life. And he says, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. That's what Jacob told this angel or Christ, whoever he was fighting. I'm not going to let you go. How many pray like that? Lord, I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. I'm going to pray till, till you get, I get what, I, what I'm asking for. I'm going to fight till I get it. Right? We don't want to wrestle for nothing. See? We just want God to throw it on us. Here are your money. Here are your bills paid off. Here, 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 here are all your healings. Here. We want it that way. We don't want to fight for it. We just want God to give it. But Jacob learned a hard lesson. And guess where he's heading? <laughs> it says in verse, then, the, then God said to Jacob, arise, go back to where? Bethel. And dwell there. Go back Where? To the house of God. <laughs> Go back to where I first spoke to you. See, my word has not changed. It's the same. Many Christians are looking for some other body, some preacher or some priest, someone to tell them another word. It's not changing. The word is the same. Go back to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar. What does that mean? Make an altar. Rip. Worship, repent, do whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Build that altar back up and worship me. I can think of a lot of things, y'all, seriously, in my past, my, my walk with God. 
uh, it's just times when God just said something very, very clearly, and I remember the spot. You ever, you ever had that happen? You ever got to a place where God said something to you, and you remember exactly where you were? You know, people say, well, you know, when, 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 when 9-11 happened, people say, well, I, I, knew, I knew exactly where I was when the, the airplanes hit. Or when, you know, uh, uh, when, when uh, they bombed Pearl Harbor. Most people say, well, I remember exactly where I was. You know, that's people taking an event like that, and they, they, they placed, they know exactly where they were when it happened. I want to ask you a question. Do you remember where you were when you got born again? Do you remember when God spoke something profound in your life? The exact spot where you received it and it changed your life? Back to the house of God. Most of what I've got, seriously, I've gotten other things, but most of what I've got, I've learned here. Most of what I've got is what I learned in this, this church. Now, I grew. I learned in other places too, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the reason why this place is so important to me is because I remember what was said and what I received and how it changed my life. And there was times I can remember the precise messages and the, the way it was said and what it done. Because God was in it. It's where we met with the Lord. Jacob went back, and he dwelled there, and he built an altar. And remember the God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Jacob said to his house, and, to, and, and, and all were with him, put away, what is that? Your foreign gods. You see, we want to serve God, but we want to keep that old, that them, old, them old sins. You see what I'm saying? We want, to, we, want to get in, we want to go back to God's house, but we want to drag our, our foreign worshipers, worship of false gods and our pride and our, our arrogance. And nobody's going to tell me what to do and how to do it. No, you can't get to God like that. You can't get to God with your old selfish ways. Come on, Holy Ghost. You can't get to God acting like you did or, 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 or outside of God's will. You can't get to God with your old ways. Something has to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want you to know something. If you think you can go before God's presence in pride, you're very, very he threw the devil out of heaven. Two-thirds of the angels with him for pride. The biggest sin that started all sins. Oh, <laughs> It's the sin of pride. That's the key sin that locks every sin that we know. Because it's the one that started this whole mess. Right? Because the devil wanted to be God. And the point I'm trying to make is that if you think you can come before God with pride, you're very wrong. God is not interested in your credibility. He's not interested in your points. He's not interested in how good you are, how bad you are. You better know Jesus. <laughs> you better humble yourself and say, I'm coming back. I got to get things right. I'm going to make things right. I'm going back to Bethel. I'm going back to the house of God. I'm going to find. Listen, it don't necessarily have to be this building, but it could be a place where you first met God. 
It could be in a closet. It could be anywhere where you have to make things right with the Lord. You have to remember the way that God put in your life to live. You have to surrender now, today, not tomorrow. Today, you have to make a decision that you're going to serve the Lord and go back. Go back. Go back. He said, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourself. Oh, we don't hear that, huh? Purify yourself from what? The sins of this world. Turning back to God. Come on, somebody. Burning them old bridges behind you. Make sure you can't cross them back. Leave the, listen, the problem uh, Lot's wife had when she left Sodom and Gomorrah, her life, her heart was still there. See, she got out of there, but she didn't, she didn't escape God's judgment, right? Because she turned back. And she looked when God told her not to. See, when you're born again, you don't need to look back. You don't need to turn back. You don't need, you need, listen, when you left that world, that world died to you. See, the problem that Egypt had, I mean Israel had, when they got out of Egypt, it wasn't that they couldn't get out of Egypt, it was getting Egypt out of them. Right? <laughs> They were dragging them old gods with them. They were dragging even Jacob, dragging their foreign gods. Rachel, his beloved, was, had stole her own daddy's images. Come on, somebody. She had hit him. That incident I told you when Laban and Jacob met up with each other, that's what he wanted. He wanted, he wanted his false gods. And Rachel had him hidden. See, Rachel hadn't really surrendered all the way. I believe she did before she died, but she was, she was stealing her daddy's false gods. Jacob said, you get rid of them foreign gods. Remember, she was still alive when this was going on. You get rid of them foreign gods. You purify yourself. We're going to the house of God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. So he says, Jacob says it in verse, I'm going to start in verse 3. Then let all us arise and go to Bethel, and I will make an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands. There wasn't just one or two. There was a lot of people doing it. And their earrings, which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under, under the, the terebinth tree, which was at Shechem. And they journeyed. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were around them because they knew, seriously, that Jacob was a blessed man and a man that feared God, right? And the people around them were scared because they knew there was something special in that camp. God was present, boy. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're getting this. Listen, if the, devil don't, if the devil's not bothering you, you need to get safe. Come on. If the devil don't fear what you have, you need to get right with God. Right. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Shambach said that one time. I love Shambach. He said, as a lady came to him, the devil don't ever bother me. He said, you better get born again. Come up here. Let's repent. You need to get right with God. <laughs> if you ain't bothering the devil, <laughs> you better get right. <laughs> I'm going to read something to you. You can close your Bible, okay? 
Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm glad I came to church. <laughs> He's saying here, when God appeared to him, when he fled from the face of his brother, the whole thing was this. Church. Well, let me, let me, let me rephrase my. Jesus is the gateway to heaven. The church is the gateway to Jesus. Come on, Holy Ghost. I don't need to go to church to get saved. Yes, you do. I don't need to go listen to the preacher to get saved. Yes, you do. Because to get to Jesus or get to heaven, you got to go through Jesus. So Jesus is the gate to heaven, but the church is the way to get to Jesus. How did you learn about repentance? Through going to church. How do you learn about living right? Going to church. How do you learn about a holy life and a just life? You went to church. The Bible says, my Bible says, I don't know what translation you read it, without holiness, no man shall see God. No fornicator, no liar, no adulterous person, no effeminate them, themselves with mankind or homosexual will enter into the kingdom of God. So to get to Jesus, so Jesus can get to God, you have to go through the church. The church can't save you. Don't, don't look at me like I'm crazy. It's not you. The, the church is the door, the message. It's the way that you hear about Jesus. That's what I'm, uh, you have to come to church to learn, to grow, to, 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 to walk with the Lord. The church is the gate to get to Jesus. So you had to go back to Bethel, which is called the house of God, so he can get to the Lord, right? Why didn't, why didn't he tell him to go to Jerusalem? Why didn't he tell him to go to some other holy place anywhere? Go back where you first met with God. The house of God was the gate to get to the, up that ladder, right? It was a spot where you made commitments to God. The, I can remember at 12 years old sitting exactly where Yvette was. I was a young boy. It's like RG there. <laughs> I remember sitting there, and they, and they said, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, come. So I remember I came Mr. Nunn, and Papa even was there. I came over here, and I, and I, got, I, got, I got up, and I, I, I tell you what, Lord, I couldn't quote a Bible verse to save my life, but I knew something was different. <laughs> In my little old puny heart, I knew I was going to heaven. I knew if I'd have died right there, I'd have went with Jesus. And I thought, of course, I'd backslid on God. I wasn't serving God when I got married. I was a devil. I'd backslid. But I came back to the same little church. Me, me Jan was about 20 years old. I remember. Made a commitment to Christ in that same place. And been serving the Lord ever since. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not telling you any struggle. I'm going to tell you times I even backslid on God because I, I, you can go to church and backslide. But my faith was founded upon what I heard. And that's what kept me going. I'm going to tell you right now, that's what kept me going. It's what I believed in my heart. When I knew I was, I was what does a 12-year-old know about sin? I just knew I was one, a sinner. And I, and I understood in my spirit, my spirit was right. I could feel it. I could, to the day, I could testify what I felt like 
Don't think because you're a child that you can't experience God. <laughs> that is stupid. That, 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 listen, God wants to bring us back to where we first made that, that. When I came back here, I'm going to tell you without a shadow of a doubt. Listen, I came here because I love this place. When I went for a little while in New Beginnings, they were good people. I loved them. They were good people. They were not, not, but my heart was here. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? You ever feel that way? Didn't have nothing to do with how good the church was over there. They were doing a good job preaching the gospel. I was okay. I was, I was eating from that. But I tell you, there was not a day I wouldn't go. I would think about this very place. I'd ride my lawnmower. <laughs> At my house, I was thinking about it. It just it was constantly on my heart and my mind, every, just about every day, every chance. I, it was always there. And the Lord said, Lanny, I want you to go back. My wife didn't want to come. She tell you. <laughs> but thank God she's a good wife. She came, you know. And when I was made this decision to come back to pastor the church, I was in my dump truck. I'll never forget that today. Born out. For the first time, I really felt God calling me. He said, son, I want you to do two things. And Jeannie, I'm telling you a true story. My tears will come into my eyes. So I want you to preach one way and preach the blood. One way and the blood. One way and the blood. One way. The blood is what cleanses us from all ungodliness. The blood is what sanctifies us from all sin. The blood is what sets our feet on the straight and narrow path. The blood. The one way gospel. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. You wonder why I tell you, you need to worship Jesus. You need to obey Jesus. You need to walk for Jesus. Follow Jesus. Jesus is the gateway to heaven, but the church is the gateway to Christ. I don't believe that. I mean, you can believe what you want. Where did Jacob have to go to find back his peace with God? He had to come back to the house of God. <laughs> come on. Where God, his presence filled that place. Listen, and I, want, I don't want you to get the idea I'm talking namely about a building. I'm talking about where you met God. You could have met him in your closet. But you still got to come back to the house of God. Your faith has to be grounded in the house of God. And what you learn. Amen, you can stand up. I want to ask you a question. <laughs> Listen, this, I told Boogie, let me share something with you. <laughs> I've been coming to us. Uh, I said, I've been, uh, I learned what kind of preacher I am. I'm a scratch preacher. <laughs> I scratch it and I preach it. <laughs> this is my whole sermon. <laughs> I scratch it and I preach it. <laughs> God, I said, me and Boogie. We some scratch preachers. <laughs> no. <laughs> the other night, I'm a radio and I heard the word Bethel mentioned. And that stuck with me. I, was, I said, Lord. And all of a sudden it blanked my mind. I said, what, 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 what you? Then yesterday, Boogie brought it back to mind. And all of a sudden, that same word came back. And... I scratched it. I'm a scratchy preacher. <laughs> Listen, I realized as I was learning through the years, I wasn't learning for nothing. 
if God told me about Bethel, I know exactly where to, where to go, right? I didn't have to get a, a, a book out on somebody writing about Bethel. I didn't have to, many opinions about that one. And this scholar says this, and this scholar says that. I know what he told me, and I'm not against that. I thank God for scholars and that people that study. But it's just that the word of God came back. <laughs> There's things that I get from the Lord. I just go get the scripture. <laughs> Scratch it and preach it. <laughs> Seriously. And, and, it, and it works. It's a word that God gave to me. And I, like I said, I'm not against people, you know, reading columns and, and different things. That's, that's studies. There's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. And, and sometimes I'll I have a, a Matthew Henry. I'll look through that and stuff. But most of the time it's just I scratch it and I preach it. <laughs> scratch it down and preach it. But if you learn something every day and it's constantly part of your life, it's going to be natural. Yeah, you said it. You need some, it's going to come. You know, I, I don't remember what I ate last week at this time. Seriously, I mean, I mean, but I know it's the, I know it's the effect of it. <laughs> yeah, really, huh? And I, I, I know it was good, but I couldn't tell you what it was. <laughs> I know I didn't go to bed starving. <laughs> I know I wasn't hungry. <laughs> Same thing with the word, really. You don't remember every, everything, but when you need it, it's there. You scratch it and preach it, hallelujah. Scratch it and teach it. Scratch and tell somebody about it. Do something. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you right now, Father, for your word this morning. Father, help us to reflect back on what you did in our life in the past. That you, how you saved us and redeemed us. Turned us back to you. Lord, I pray right now. As children of, your, of the faith, God, of your, your, your children. Help us to remember that your word is founded. And as Paul said, Lord, he said, if anybody coming in to you and preaching any other gospel which you have not received from us, let him be a curse.